0: Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. If you are in space on a long mission, then how exactly do you clean your clothes? There are no laundry services available, and a washing machine is too big and heavy to be used in space. Usually what happens now is that astronauts will wear the same clothes for as long as they can, and then they will just change them with new ones and throw the old ones away. So now the space agency NASA is trying to develop a more sustainable approach to laundry. They have commissioned an American company to develop a special low-energy, low-water laundry system that will work in zero gravity. The space-age laundry machine wouldn't be like anything we use in our homes today, but would be based around using different vapors, air and microwaves to clean clothes. It is still not very likely that astronauts would be changing into clean clothes every day, but at least if this new system can be developed, then they would have something clean to change into on a long mission. Look at any magazine these days fashion magazines in particular, and you will see flawless models with great skin and perfect figures. And while some of those models may look like that in real life, the vast majority will not, as their photographs will have been retouched to make them look thinner or prettier. Fashion magazines think that we will only buy that advertised product if it is represented by a flawless model, but many of us will not feel good about ourselves as we want to look as great as the perfect picture, which is not a true representation anyway. Although this sort of advertising will probably continue, a new computer program has been developed to spot where images in magazines have been retouched. It is not illegal to use retouched photographs in magazines, but public disapproval of this type of false advertising is definitely increasing. So perhaps this new program will be able to name and shame the worst offenders of the advertising industry. Last Thursday, the 1st of December, was World AIDS Day the day of the year that is dedicated to highlighting the effects of the deadly AIDS disease. Each week on the Science Blog, I hope to tell you of some great development in fighting HIV and AIDS. But this still hasn't happened. There is a huge amount of effort and investment into combating AIDS, but so far this has only led to different drugs and therapies that might slow down the disease or reduce its effects. However, there is still no cure. And if there was a cure, then it would have to be a very cost-effective one too, as the majority of AIDS sufferers are in the world's poorest countries. What makes HIV, the virus that causes AIDS, so hard to fight is that it replicates very quickly, and those replicated strands of the virus are often different to the original strand. So over the course of just a few weeks, an infected person could have hundreds of different variations of the virus in the body. Let's hope that in the next 12 months, a real breakthrough can be made in fighting this terrible disease. Another potentially deadly disease is the H1N1 flu virus. Although not as widespread and much more treatable than AIDS, it does have the potential to kill a lot of people, especially now as it is flu season in many countries. Scientists in the Netherlands have been working with variations of the H1N1 virus and have come up with a strain of the flu that is deadlier than ever before. They did this so that they could find ways to combat this strain if it ever developed that way in nature, which is possible. But now they are faced with what to do with this new and deadly strain of flu that could potentially kill millions of people. Do they destroy it right away and hope that nature won't develop a similar strain? Or do they keep it and then try to develop vaccines or treatments? The danger in keeping it is that if the virus did fall into the wrong hands, like terrorists, the results could be catastrophic. Another case of cutting-edge science being confronted with difficult moral dilemmas. With more and more electric devices available, from smartphones and tablets to laptops and TVs, they all need electric power, and that usually needs to a tangled clutter of wires between the device and the power outlet, if only when it's charging. So help could be on the way from a Japanese company that has just developed a power cord that is actually elastic. Traditional power cords use fine metal strands inside and so are not flexible. But this new electricity conducting material is fully flexible, like a rubber band. So the next generation of power cords could stretch as long as you need them to. There will be many industrial applications too, but the thought of tidying up my desk with fewer wires is definitely something to look forward to. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the Science Blog for another week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening for more.